Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Genesis 48 through 50. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Uh, This is one of those famous and beloved lines in the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And when we think about the faithfulness of God, obviously we consider the past because we look back and we see the faithfulness of God. That line in the hymn uh, talks about the future and the present, right? Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And that is what we're going to see a lot of in our passage today. What we're going to see as the book of Genesis comes to an end, we're going to see some of these men who now can look back and see the faithfulness of God. We're going to see them not just look for today. They're going to look towards tomorrow and beyond and in some way project the faithfulness of God into the future. And that's what I want you to think about today. Look back and see the faithfulness of God. Let that give you strength for today, but then project that faithfulness into the future. Look at the future of your life today. And remember, God has not only kept his promises, God will not only keep his promises today, but God will keep his promises forever. And I can count on that. I can look forward to that. We're going to see a lot of those elements in our reading today. It starts with Jacob blessing the sons of Joseph. Now, it seems that it's clear Jacob is getting more towards the end of his life, and Jacob reflects back on the faithfulness of God. Uh, In verse 3, he tells Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And then he goes on to basically say, Hey, your sons, Joseph, are going to be mine, just like Reuben and Simeon are. And so that's why you will hear the names Ephraim and Manasseh mentioned among the tribes of Israel. Ephraim and Manasseh are not sons of Jacob. They are grandsons of Jacob. They are the sons of Joseph. But this passage explains why you will see that later in the Bible. You will see Ephraim and Manasseh listed as a part of the tribes because of what happens right here. And sometimes you'll even see that it still looks to be 12 tribes. Even if you think of looking at a map of Israel that has the tribes on it, you'll still count 12. And then you're like, wait a minute, if these two are added, aren't that, isn't that 13? Well, it still looks like 12 in a lot of those uh, maps because the tribe of Levi did not get a, an inheritance of land in the, the promised land. Their inheritance was serving the Lord. Uh, as priests and in the temple, uh, but you, you see Ephraim and Manasseh on those uh, maps. But more than that, just being an interesting thing, right? We talk about learn, worship, apply. Maybe that's something you can learn uh, from this. But what I want us to see more as a lesson for us is this looking towards the future. Now, 
that's seen here in Israel or Jacob blessing these children of Joseph. Now, even in his blessing, you see him looking backwards. He says in verse 15, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. Look at that. Jacob is about to die. And we followed Jacob through a lot through running away from his family who he had tricked to getting tricked himself into uh, a different wife and then having Laban change his wages and all of these things and then fleeing and going back home and going through this whole episode with Esau coming and what is he going to do and then all the drama with his sons. But now at the end of his life, he looks back and he sees the faithfulness of God. He sees a God who has been his shepherd all of his life. But then he looks towards the future and he talks about how in these boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, in them, let my name be carried on and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So do you see that? He looks back and sees God has been so faithful to me and he looks forward and he says, I'm going to count on God continuing to be faithful as I invoke God's blessing on these boys. And you see another switch, just as Jacob was the younger, he gives something of a greater blessing here to the younger of these boys. Now, as we get into chapter 49, Jacob blesses all of his sons. Now, there's some interesting things in here that there's some prophetic things, even that you'll see fulfilled in where the tribes settled. There's also some significant things to note that we've already looked ahead to this chapter and seen. For instance, Reuben, he's the firstborn and is spoken to in verse 3. He's preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. But then you shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed and then you defiled it. He went up to my couch because of his sexual immorality He's not really going to get the preeminence that normally the firstborn son would. Then you see Simeon and Levi, and they're called out for their anger and their violence. And so they are not going to be really who the line goes through. That's going to come through Judah. And here you start seeing Judah being connected to the lion, which ultimately we will see Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And there's even this interesting line in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. I mean, a scepter is something a king would have, something that is for for the royal power to have, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him. Or you can see it talks about perhaps the Hebrew saying until Shiloh comes. And it's hard to tell what the word is, but it's very possible that this really is a, a messianic reference here, pointing us forward to not only King David, but then the son of David, Jesus Christ. And so Jacob is again looking forward to God continuing to fulfill his promises to his family. And I think you see that again at the end of the chapter when he requests his bones to be buried with his father's. Because he knows that the people aren't going to stay in Egypt forever. He's not saying, oh, Egypt is my home now. He is still, even in death, looking towards the promised land. 
And then you're also going to see this in Joseph at the end of the book. When he dies, he looks forward and projects the faithfulness of God. And he tells his brothers, hey, I'm about to die. But when you go out of this land, you need to make sure that you bring my bones from here. And fast forward into Genesis, guess what they're going to do when the Israelites leave Egypt? And remember, this is going to be 400 years later. Do you know what they do? They take the bones of Joseph with them. That's pretty incredible. One other noteworthy part here is when Jacob dies, it seems that there's a fear from the brothers. Okay, Joseph's been nice to us up till now, but maybe that was just for dad. And maybe now that dad's out of the way, he's finally going to get his vengeance on us. And so they come and they try to head that off at the past by uh, asking for forgiveness. But look at what Joseph says to his brothers. It's very reminiscent of what we saw in chapter 45. Joseph says to them, do not fear for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. We we notice, just like chapter 45, Joseph is giving a lot of credit to the providence of God. And notice he isn't letting his brothers totally off the hook. He's saying, you meant evil against me. And they did. What they did was certainly evil, but God meant it for good. And let that be a reminder to you that you're going to have to look at people that mean evil against you. And you're going to have to trust they may mean evil, and that is wrong. But God has promised me that he will use everything in my life for good. Now, I might not know what that good is. I might not be able to connect the dots like Joseph was able to here. But I will trust the promises of God. And we can trust the promises of God because of really past, present, future. We can look back like Jacob did and see the faithfulness of God. We can see a God who has shepherded us our whole life long, but then we can also look forward. We have bright hope for tomorrow because we can count on God continuing to keep his promises. And that's what we really wrap up the book of Genesis with. So much of this book has been focused on the promises of God and the faithfulness of God. We are looking back to the very beginning and seeing God keep his promises, but we can rest assured that God will keep his promises today and God will in the future always keep his promises. And so we can truly have, based on the, the faithfulness and the promises of God as we wrap up the book of Genesis, we can have strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.